Michael Osterlank here with Chris and Holly Santillo, the Five Backpacks family. How are you guys doing? Doing great, thank you. Doing well, thank you. It's good to see you guys again. So on your site you have a quote, not all who wander are lost, some are on a quest. And you guys are on a quest that starts relatively soon. Tell us about your quest. Sure, um, multifaceted quest, but basically we decided to get out of our house, get out of our pile of possessions and get into the world by, by traveling for a couple of years. Yeah, we're going to travel cross country for a couple months and then head over to Asia and um, into Russia and Mongolia and down into China. And that's about as far as our planning horizon, uh, but that's still just the, the beginning part of our trip. But uh, from there, maybe uh, New Zealand, maybe Central, um, uh, you know, Southeast Asia or possibly Central America. And many places beyond. We have a lot of goals, but the, the overarching goal is to world school. And maybe this is a new term for the listeners out there, but it turns out when we decided to do this, we found a whole bunch of people who are basically pulling up anchor, um, all that which is weighing them down, be it a, a job or be it um, other, other responsibilities or just literally the items that they own weighing themselves down and um, getting on the move. Well, and we should explain who we're world schooling. We have three sons, ages six, eight, and ten, uh, who will be uh, coming with us, obviously. Yeah. And, and world schooling ourselves as well. It was an opportun opportunity that, that really was right there in front of us, and we thought, let's not miss the chance to learn more about who we are and who, that, who the world is. So you guys actually used to have a lot of anchors here in the D.C. metro area. We, we uh, still have a lot of anchors here. Actually, that's very true. Uh, talk about some of the anchors and then talk about how you pull them up. Like, actually, before you even actually get to the anchors and how you pull them up, why? Like, how did you go from what you had before you decided to do this, a lot of anchors, a lot of good stuff going on here in the D.C. metro area, to deciding you wanted to do this? What was the decision-making? I appreciate you pointing out there was a lot of good stuff because I don't, I don't want folks to think that we were unhappy because it's really not true. Um, no, this is about as good as it gets. We have yeah. a lot of family, very local, a lot of friends. Uh, we teach martial arts. We have martial arts schools here and, and a student base and peer group uh, just to die for. And My third year of teaching a choir that I started, you know, a children's choir, which went so well. Uh, and a women's, and, and a women's group. acapella group as well. Um, all of our goals were really coming to fruition in, in the ways that we wanted them to. So we logically decided to do something completely. <laughs> when was time to stop? Stop that success. That's enough. Monkey wrench. Well, I heard somebody say that you should never make a decision in your valley. Never make a decision when things are going poorly. It's mm -hmm. like letting a coward lead your army. And uh, so if we were ever going to do something this radically different, um, post-conventional, we've discussed that concept before, uh, if we were ever going to do something this different, it could only logically be done when everything is going so well that there's no perception on our own parts, uh, let alone anyone else's, that it's a uh, fear-based reaction, uh, that, but yeah. rather that this is a deliberate and intentional shift in priorities and direction um, that came from a very good, healthy, happy place. Yeah, well put. But that, of course, goes back to the anchors. I mean, it means that we're in a position where we have all of these friends and family and, and business opportunities and, and, um, and students and teachers and, and a lot of relationships that are very powerful. Um, I'm not sure that cutting anchors is the right term. Can we just mm. say that we're stretching the anchors? We just bought some more cable 
okay. and we're just right. going to be 6,000 miles away. <laughs> Sick it. We just wanted still a little connected. more leeway. Drifting, still tied. Still tied. We're still okay, equally tied to our That's friends, good. family, and everyone else. We're just going to be 6,000 miles away. Hmm. But how did this even cross your mind that, wow, I want to have 6,000 miles worth of <laughs> leeway and, I almost and world school. The answer in our family is almost like a, a thing of legends now because he says one thing, I say another. I don't even know. But, <laughs> I, but I'll tell my version of the legend. Um, I remember talking about, about the future for our children's schooling. Are they going to go to college? You know, what, what kinds of things would we envision for them? We were talking about the state of, of uh, upper education in our country and, and all those kinds of things. And would we even put stock into that? And well, we, we thought, both of us, if we had had it to do over again, we would not have just been on what, what almost felt like a conveyor belt. Um, and thank you, mom, thank you, dad, who helped us get to college, because it was a wonderful experience. And, and I know it helped us in so many ways, but yet I didn't know why I was going, aside from that's just what people do. You know, I got the grades, now it's time to go get the grades in the next place. <laughs> and, and I hoped that by the end, I would, I would know, okay, like now I know, now my, here's my mission in life. And I still didn't have it. You know, I was missing some kind of world perspective, I think, or perspective on myself. And um, so both of us concluded, well, if we had it to do over again, we would have traveled with some kind of an organization like Peace Corps or Habitat for Humanity, Teach for America, something to help us discern what it is that we wanted to accomplish in the world. Um, and we, we felt like we missed the boat. And then decided, well, maybe the boat is still in the harbor and we should just go ahead and get on it now. I, her answer is much more lofty and ambitious. <laughs> and my, I just remember. <laughs> I just remember driving back from a road trip. We took a lengthy road trip. I want to say four-ish years ago, um, and we we went up. Uh, we're here in D.C. and we went up to New York and we visited some friends and then we went camping. Um, almost died. It, I was going to downplay the almost died thing. <laughs> Jeez. But, okay. uh, but yeah, it's a fair statement. Um, it was not the best planned camping uh, adventure. But at the same time, we got to discuss the <laughs> Japanese philosoph uh, philosophical concept of fall seven, rise eight with our children and talk about how when you're dehydrated and headed up a hill and you're only, you, you have to keep going forward. And, and it was great. Anyway, neither here nor there. Great teaching moments. And then, and we all lived. So that's always good. Best, yeah, absolutely. And um, that's Michael knocking on the, the concrete floor. <laughs> Knock on. Now it's paper. <laughs> Uh, the and then we continued. <laughs> we, we continued on. Uh, we went to a martial arts conference that was all part of the plan. Visited some, uh, uh, you know, one of my instructors that I hadn't seen in a while. Went and visited some more friends. Uh, went uh, hiking. We went to museums. We uh, visited the capital again. We were in New York, so we were in Albany uh, for part of it. Visited the capital, uh, you know, of, of the state of um, New York, and. Um, and just had this wonderful experience people, both friends and instructors and peers and whatnot, and visiting museums and learning. And of course, you know, as, as homeschoolers, um, you know, the kids were doing schoolwork as we went and learning things and reading stories and doing all of the things that uh, age appropriately are educational, et cetera. Um, and we were driving back at the end of this, you know, three week or four week long trip or whatever. And I just remember turning to Holly and asking, why are we going back? And, um, 
And we didn't have a really solid answer except a certain quantity of inertia. There's a certain quantity of math that needs to be sorted out in order to travel. Um, and so the, the answer was, uh, I thought the question was interesting and the answer was prosaic. And all of, the, all of the answers that we came up with for the reasons why we needed to go back to science seemed like solvable problems. And it took us a couple years uh, to, as you say, extend the, extend the cable length on our anchors um, and find you know, staff uh, capable of doing everything that's necessary and, and, um, and selling the house and all that kind of And conserving money, you know, vi viciously conserving money in order to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many folks have asked us, how, how are you going to be able to afford it? And we've been pretty judicious. I think judicious is usually what people say instead of vicious, but we were vicious about it. Like viciously cutting all expenditures, you know, no, no more eating out and um, gosh, one, one car and a bicycle instead of two. And yeah, really. Actually, say more about that. Like, so, you know, you take the decision. This is what you want to do. You plan it all out. Part of it is working through your finances. You go from one car to two cars to one. Actually, three cars. Three cars to one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, no more eating out. What else did you do to kind of conserve your income? Well, <laughs> there's, um, um, we could speak for far too long on the subject of finances because I think it's very interesting. And, and you and I have talked on similar topics before about um, the consumer culture that we seem to live in and this notion that I need X and I need to buy it now. And uh, we encourage people um, to think about finances in like a, a lifetime perspective rather than a this month perspective. Um, I spoke to somebody recently who felt that his iPad cost $20 because he paid $20 a month for it on his, you know, the finance plan or whatever. But no, the f iPad still cost or whatever they cost, right? Um, and, uh, but he didn't, he refused to see it that way. Uh, instead, he just, I got through this month and whatnot. And so it, they, in order for us to do this, required taking a, a bunch of steps back and start being very deliberate about what's important, what's not important, and viewing you, what, what is the lifetime consequence of this financial decision? If I'm gonna have this cable plan versus this cable plan, it's not what this month is, what does this do over the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm gonna own this car versus this car, if I'm gonna replace a car every four years versus a, replace a car every eight years, if I'm gonna bike versus walk uh, versus drive somewhere, if I'm gonna, um, you know, every little thing people, uh, it's so cliched, but the, but I still don't think it's completely sunk in when people talk about financial advice. They talk about, you know, the, the trip to Starbucks or coffee shop or whatever. And, um, and it's true, $5 will not dramatically affect anyone's finances. But if you create the habit of going to Starbucks three days a week, five days a week, um, uh, and you do that math over the course of five, 10, 20, 30 years, um, that is a very significant quantity of money. And, and, uh, and it's easy to dismiss that, but you do that combined. So we sat down one day and changed our our financial trajectory very dramatically simply by uh, shifting our, our choices and uh, deciding to um, have fewer and, and more modest cars uh, by eating out uh, less in a more modest restaurant, uh, picnicking more, et cetera. And, uh, and a couple of the relatively small decisions like that, we started being very deliberate about what consumer goods we did and didn't buy. That's what I wanted to add is that I discovered this amazing truth that if you don't go to a store and you don't go to Amazon, you can't buy anything. <laughs> and you don't accidentally buy something that you didn't need to. Oh, and we implanted somewhere along the way the 24-hour impulse buy rule. Oh, nice. Okay. You cannot purchase something without the intent of having gone for it. 
with a 24-hour late period. That's magical. You turn off the uh, Amazon one-click buy mm -hmm. and you put it in your cart for 24 hours. And I'll, I swear, 75% of the time you look at it the next day and you're like, oh, I don't really need that. Mm -hmm. And it obviously, this obviously, you know, we're not talking about finances, but the, it dovetails perfectly with the notion of, of our, our trip in the sense that um, everything that we own fits in five backpacks, uh, plus a you know, half dozen you know, um, Tupperware bins full of mementos and you know, yearbooks and, and, and wedding photos and stuff like that. Um, well, you can't... If you know that you have to fit it in a backpack, it's very easy to not uh, go buy stuff. And uh, it, is, it was fascinating over the last six months getting rid of stuff and just realizing how much stuff we owned that we simply just didn't need, didn't know we owned. You know, it was at the back of a closet. And you're like, oh, I bought that 12 years ago and I, didn't, I never used it. Or I used it that one time and I never touched it again. And it's just sat there collecting dust and now it's antiquated. And that was very unfortunate. That's true. But, you, you know, so it's like just a combination of all that. Did you have a systematic plan to reduce the clutter in the home? Just to start early, um, to pluck the low-hanging fruit was always Chris's phrase. We're, we're, all we have to do is clean out the stuff that we haven't touched in many months, you know. Um, yeah, or, or the things that we know, this is grandma's china, I'm not going to let this one go, you know. So we, we, did, we realized that the sooner we started, the more deliberate we could be. Mm -hmm. You know, if we waited yeah. until the last week, you know, we would, you know, everything would, you know, end up in a, in a dumpster somewhere, and that's not what we wanted. So um, we we started having uh, goodie bags when we had parties. So when people would come to the house, we'd give them bags. <laughs> that's right. Oh, it started way oh, back in June with my birthday party. I wrapped up all sorts of things that were valuable to me. You know, things that I really wanted. To give oh, to someone great, because huh? I, I liked them, you know, um, yeah. but but needed to part with them, mm -hmm. and so much more fun to do it. Um, yeah, in, in somebody a got a little goodie bag full of like economics books from my grad school days. And, you know, <laughs> someone got like the cowboy boots that we bought for the trip to Mexico twelve years ago, and you know, just lots of stuff. And we by by having that much lead time by starting, uh, you know, uh, six nine months ago or whatever we. It, it allowed us to be very thoughtful and deliberate and say, who would, who would appreciate this? Who wants this? Who doesn't want it? Um, and we've uh, donated a lot of stuff. And uh, I was surprised at how much satisfaction I derived from that mm -hmm. process because feeling like something is just going to the wayside, that, that made it much harder to part with something. Um, I think that's, well, I know that's why I end up keeping a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, even little scraps of paper or, oh, the like mesh bag from a vegetable you know, purchase, I'll turn that into an art project someday, you know, I, I'm ridiculous. Someday like that. never comes. It, right. It's true. Um, so knowing that something has a meaningful place to go really helped me. All right, so you kind of decluttered your home, mm -hmm. uh, uh, decluttered your finances. Mm -hmm. Fair. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what other things came uh, to, you know, kind of in, in your consciousness that you had to deal with as a, you know, as a result of this decision? that you wanted to hit the road in world school? It's a really good question, Michael, because as we were making this decision, we could have decided to keep the house, mm -hmm. um, you know, having been so conservative with our finances. Could have rented it. Right. We could have gotten a storage unit. You know, there are a lot of options. Yeah. But we wanted to couple this with a complete molting of our skins in order to find what was lying underneath. Um, wow. So... That, that's so we kind of use this as an excuse yeah I, I was I was chatting with somebody recently and he said I don't I'm gonna tell my wife that we're gonna do this we're gonna get rid of everything and at the last minute I'm gonna be like nah we'll just stay here because the house is wonderful like we are down to 
Well, now we're in the last couple of days. So we have like 5% of the furniture we used to have. We have like 5% of the possessions, maybe less. Almost About 90% of everything we own is uh, currently uh, set up in the uh, living room in, in piles. Like this goes to this person and this goes to Goodwill and whatnot. Um, but the house feels so spacious and pleasant. Mm. Like every every closet, you just open closets and they're completely empty. We have one closet with five jackets hanging in it. Like one, everybody has one jacket hanging in the closet. And but most of the closets are just completely empty. It's it's glorious. Um, it's easy to find things. It's easy to find things. It's easy to keep clean. It feels more open and welcoming. There's nothing to do at night after the children go to bed. You know, I I didn't realize how much part of our routine mm. was. Okay, now how can we? Oof. Let's shuffle some junk around. Exactly. Like, where does all this stuff go? Shovel ourselves out underneath, and then we're really tired by that, and we go to bed. But instead, at 9 o'clock, like, now what? Like, we could yeah. do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't know what to do. <laughs> but we realized, and this is, you know, during this process, realizing that if you don't have uh, a home for something, it will never be put away. The number of things that we owned that don't have holes that they you know that's a thing and it ends up sitting on the corner of the counter and no one knows where to put it away um and of course again this just dovetails with the the backpack i did another test pack this morning right so we have some compression packing cubes and i have a water bottle with uh, that uh, stores my um uh, water filter and iodine pills and whatnot and a med kit over here and you know all the different things and there are a very definable number of things they have a space within mm -hmm. the backpack um, and everything's in its place and you can just reach in and find what you want even in a backpack if if everything has its place and um, something we haven't talked about very much but just popped into my mind so I'm going to share it planning versus spontaneity mm. um, I think that's going to come up a lot on our trip and I wonder how, how much it's going to help me reflect on on the way I live my life typically I, it's so important to be able to set goals for oneself that's that's how you accomplish things. But the ability to to react positively to unforeseen circumstances um, and to create in in a moment a, a meaningful experience is also important. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. As we've been planning this trip, there's a lot of that. Like I would like the security of knowing exactly where we're going to spend the night every night, which surprised me. I thought I was a more spontaneous mm. person than that, um, but I'm finding myself latching onto that um and then yet coveting the the persona i believe myself to be of someone who's like oh caution to the wind we'll just you know whatever whatever needs to be done will be done what, what do you have to say about that actually before before you go yeah. there so what i hear you saying is so like if you want to use the word freedom and order or okay. or, or structure and freedom so you thought you're more freedom oriented yes you, you, you notice that like actually out of security you prefer more order or structure, so that's kind of your cutting edge, and you want to create space in the trip for the freedom to occur, the spontaneity to occur. Before Chris responds to like, you know, what's your cutting edge within that framework? Are there other things that you, Holly, encountered? Like you're like surprised about yourself as you kind of plot and plan through this? Well, I, I keep coming back to the possessions, right? Um, I thought it would be a lot easier actually to part with the house. That was a yeah. real surprise. Um, it's a beautiful house. But I've been in many other places where that are just as beautiful and like, oh, this feels great. So I didn't think that was going to be hard for me. Oh, but man, it mm. was, I was an emotional wreck. Just, and you blogged about it. 
I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I've had the most responses from that blog because people can tell that I was just weeping, <laughs> weeping as I'm writing these, these words. You know, they really came straight from the, the heart. It was six o'clock in the morning and no one else around and it, it was raw and, and true. How about you, Chris? You're kind of your cutting edge and surprises about yourself. Well, just on that, her last point, I was not crying. Um, <laughs> as a side note, uh, <laughs> every time. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, yeah, we've talked a lot about the spontaneous versus the you know the structure, um, because we've all been on trips before where um, an opportunity arises. Maybe it's a different place to stay, or in a museum, or an event that's going on. There's a festival going on you didn't know about, and you just say, "Well, we're going to go do that now." And some of um, our best experiences have been those kinds of experiences. We've also all been in the situation where. There's somewhere you want to go, an event you want to go to, or whatever, and they're like, sorry, the tickets are sold out. You should have bought your tickets three weeks ago. And so um, if we're one were to, you know, my kind of rational view is if one were to try to be completely spontaneous, there would be some wonderful things, and then there's things you'd miss because you never bought your tickets in advance. And um, and if you tried the opposite, you'd have the, the opposite results. And so finding that middle ground where we're flexible, um, we have a lot of things planned, but we... Um, but we also have some uh, some open time and we can kind of say, okay, I heard about this this festival over here and, and there's an arts festival going on or there's a museum opening that we want to go to. Um, we, we went a couple of years ago to Ireland on a, on a lengthy trip, which we kind of treated a little bit as practice for this. This, this was in the works at that point. We said, well, let's give some thought to how we would do this. And, um, and we ended up planning out almost every single stop and I don't remember the thought process behind why we chose to be so structured and whatnot um, and again some of the places we stayed were perfect and wonderful and and some were um, nothing was ever bad but some were just kind of blase it's just like okay we're here and it's fine uh, but I kind of wish I was at that other place and I'm kind of committed to being here we also found one one in particular in a small town called Sligo on the uh, northwest coast of Ireland um, which is a burgeoning uh, surfer town in case uh, um, who would have thought um, and just the friendliest Airbnb hosts in the world. And we had two nights there, I think. Maybe it was three. I think two or three nights there. And we should have spent two weeks. Mm -hmm. And But, you know, who was going to know? And we had, you know, ten other things lined up. And we had ticket ferries, you know, uh, tickets for the ferry two weeks later to go somewhere else. And so you just kind of shake hands and move on. And um, a lot of what we're hoping to find in this trip are things that we can apply to creating the way we want to live when we come back mm -hmm. to to living, you know, a more routine life, which we do intend to do. Um, Probably. And I just, I have to think that this balance that you're talking about is one of the things that, that we want because I can see that it, it would apply to a career. You know, if, if someone has no drive and initiative or, or planning, you know, nothing that's going to like carry you through the whole, around the whole loop of the, the island, so to speak, then you're going to maybe feel that there was something missing. But at the same time, if you're going at a breakneck pace, then you don't slow down to maybe enjoy your family or to yeah, take time to be with friends or even just open space where there's, you don't know what your thoughts are going to be. It's almost like we're afraid to be unplanned. Well, <laughs> well, well it's actually, you know, it just has a cultural phenomenon. You hear about kids, and I do want to ask about your kids, being overly planned, like oh, they go yes. school too many hours in public school, then after after school after after school activities, and then this and that and the other, and then homework, 
and they're running around seven days a week doing stuff. No time for play and curiosity and exploration and, and being a kid. So I, I appreciate those sentiments. Because perhaps expressed. adults need that open space too of just go outside and be yeah. in nature mm-hmm. for a little while or put your put a notebook in your hand and see what comes out of your pencil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're over prescribed in terms of activities and we have too much noise in our system. I think we might have talked about this recently too. Like, you know, you get to go to a gas station in town, there's a television while you're pumping your gas. Right. You're in an elevator. There's a there's a television. I mean, like you can't get away from noise. You can't go to a restaurant. So you can't think without a television yeah. anymore. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. And uh, and you know, kind of carrying on both that and what Holly was saying, that the biggest takeaway that I hope to achieve, my observation about myself is when I am traveling, um, I am universally more present focused than I am when I'm at home. Okay. And um, and then when I come back from a trip, I always have this residual this. This, I have a little bit of present focus. I'm paying attention to the days um, uh, much more so than I do normally, and then it wears off. Mm-hmm. And what I'm yeah. hoping is with a long duration of kind of being out and about and, and forcing that, that I will develop the habit. Um, and perhaps if I were um, a more thoughtful person, I could have done it here and <laughs> without you know, uh, wandering around Mongolia in the, in the search of uh, being present focused. Uh, but that's one of my big hopes is nice. uh, getting better at being present focused uh, and being really aware because um, you know say it's been said many times if you take care of the days the years will take care of themselves mm-hmm. uh, that this moment right here is is what your life is built around uh, but it's so easy just with all the distractions you just described um, and the million more that are out there it's so easy to uh, to have your attention somewhere else and uh, we need a certain quantity of that we need to have outside information but uh, but we give it way too much credence I think so it's not just you two who are traveling. You have three young Oh, yeah, boys. those guys. I yeah, bringing them. them with you. Yes. <laughs> your blog post actually, I think today, just came out of, yes. uh, re- relating to your sons. Uh, what, what's going on in their heads as they <laughs> We're now... trying to get to that. <laughs> you can never be sure, right? Like, uh-huh. they, they did answer my questions. Um, we wanted to know what, what challenges they are worried about. Um, I guess that's really, like, are you guys worried about anything well as in it we touch on it in the blog post um, we are a little concerned that we might uh, be ruining their lives and or that they think we're ruining their lives or both right um, and uh, so yeah we asked them uh, Holly sat them down and asked them some questions I videotaped so we could kind of have this for the record so oh, 30 nice, years nice. from now huh? they can huh? share this with their therapist and uh, <laughs> you're kind of, this is, this is where awesome. it all started uh-huh. and um, <laughs> and kind of get a sense of the the biggest thing of course is missing friends and that's Mm -hmm. not surprising at all um they uh, they have a certain number of activities we uh to your point about uh excessive um extracurricular activities we we have tried over uh during their life even before this trip to be very deliberate about what activities they participate in um they obviously train kempo at our Mm -hmm. studios practice martial arts um they've done a little bit of gymnastics and they've done some language and they've done an outdoor leadership program uh locally called natural leaders Mm -hmm. um and i think spoken about that as well and uh and a number of other you know wonderful things but we have tried very hard year after year we sit down uh, as a family and we we, we do uh, activity triage, we call it, you know, and we decide what we're going to pull because if you, if you spend all day, every day, moving from one planned activity to another, you, you miss out on everything else that exists in life. You don't have space for those. And, uh, you know, as martial arts instructors, we see that. We see some students um, who 
because of how many different activities that they, they participated, the time allocated to each one and the brain space uh, available to each one is so low that they just, they don't seem to excel in any one mm-hmm. of them. And it, it just feels very frustrating for them. Um, and we've tried to minimize that. So, uh, and Not, I, None of them said they were going to miss any of that, actually. Well... We've, they've spoken about it. They uh, okay. they are not without the concerns about making sure they get to test for their next spell. Oh, okay. oh that's cool. <laughs> okay. That oh, that's has cool. that oh, has cool. come up, and okay. um, I don't. I, um, with our background, we are martial arts instructors, um, and we will continue to train them. Uh, they will, in fact, probably do more training on the road uh, full time with us than they have been historically. Um, and then we promise them we will make sure that we uh, <laughs> we make see to their their rank progression appropriately as. Uh, and I'm going to see to their music. And we, we can't take a piano on the road, but I'm, I'm their choir teacher, and that doesn't have to stop. In fact, Jack said, you know, I'm really excited about our mini choir that we're going to make, Mama. Yeah, that's nice. nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, vocal, uh, martial arts is very portable. It yeah, requires yeah. no, no, very yeah. little space and no equipment necessary, and uh, and choir as well, which is perhaps why we've always gravitated to these, uh, these activities in particular. So you guys are hitting the road on the 23rd. Of April, 22nd. 22nd of April, yeah. is this coming yeah. on Week Monday, from today. right? What's hitting the road mean? What are you traveling in? Where are you going? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a fair question because there are a lot of ways that people do this. Yeah. You know, I've met people who say, oh, yes, we had friends who sailed around the world with their yeah. kids or the RV around the world with their kids. So we close on our house on Friday. Congratulations. And then we spend, uh, this weekend is Easter weekend, so we'll spend the weekend with family and uh, Easter. Holly has one final uh, women's acapella choral uh, concert. Did I say that all right? I'm very excited to give the final farewell in the form of song on Sunday night. Nice. Yeah, you should come. <laughs> and then uh, Monday morning, we get in our five passenger sedan and with five backpacks in the trunk and, um, and hit the road. And we go cross country. We have about three months cross country. Uh, while we're uh, here in the states, we'll have uh, tents and, and sleeping bags with us and whatnot. Uh, and we'll hit some national parks. Uh, we do venture into Canada briefly. We'll go mm. up to Banff, um, just because mm. I've heard it's amazingly beautiful, but I've never been. Uh, where's, where's Banff? It's uh, in Calgary. It's in the Calgary province. North of Canada. Montana. Okay, so yeah, it's the north of glacier. We kind of go up glacier, glacier, and then continue on up to there, and then we come back down. And we'll see. Uh, so we'll go through Wisconsin. Um, and we'll go through, you know, the Dakotas and whatnot, and we'll see the uh, Mount Rushmore, and then we'll come down in Colorado, Utah, and all that kind of stuff, Zion National Park. And, um, and then we actually have a, a martial arts conference that I'm speaking at mm-hmm. in Denver, and so we'll have a little side trip for that. And then there's a martial arts uh, seminar that we're attending in Vegas. Um, and then we need to be in San Diego two weeks <laughs> later for uh, uh, another black belt test, just because you can never uh, have, that's too much fun to miss. And then we head north and we get to Seattle and we have a little um, uh, cruise out of Seattle with Holly's family. Oh, fantastic. A family reunion kind of thing. Uh, and then we're done with the car and, uh, and the extra space, the, the sleeping bags and tents need to go at that point. And then we will uh, fly over to uh, Russia, uh, shooting for Vladivostok, which is the easternmost mm-hmm. port, um, uh, give or take, and the terminus of the Trans-Siberian Railway. What time of the year? 
So this will be August. So, oh, good. So, okay. Yeah, it'll be yeah, definitely it's the right time to go to Siberia. <laughs> yes, <laughs> go to Siberia in August, and and I don't think any other time probably. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll do a little loop of the um, and this is where it gets a little sketchier. So now we don't have all of our reservations at this point. Now it's a little farther right. out. Yeah. Hopefully we spend the next three months figuring. We don't out. know anything. We don't know anything. <laughs> and then we do a little Trans-Siberian Railway. Okay. Um, there's a Lake Baikal, which is the UNESCO World Heritage Site, and there's another one a little farther north in Siberia we want to get up to, and just some natural beauty, um, and just a lot of history up there, and then come down through Mongolia, mm-hmm. and uh, which I've just heard wonderful things about, and then into China. And then we kind of need to decide if we go when we get to China, because it's a big country, me and you, Fred. To the Shaolin Temple, which, of course, we need to do at some point. I was going to ask about that. Uh, this this uh, right then or, or another time, we need to do that. But um, we also want to trace the Silk Road a little bit. Mm. And ride a camel. That's come up as well. Do you need to ride a camel? Not well, the whole con- way. Those are concomitant, you know. Yeah, but not, we're not going to ride a camel the whole time. And uh, just so we're only if the camel wants to, yeah, I wouldn't want to, you know, upset a camel. Never upset a camel, and then um, and that's kind of the that's our planning horizon at this point. And then we need to, you know, somewhere between now and then, we need to figure out what comes after that. Uh, it'll start getting uh, cold, and that's when we need to head south. Down, right? So you guys are going to be blogging. You yes. already are blogging. I'm we kind of about your pre-trip, some of the challenges you faced, mm-hmm. um, and you'll be blogging about the trip. Where can folks? learn more about your trip and read your blog so our blog is at fivebackpacks.family uh, we're also on twitter and facebook and all that kind of stuff fivebackpacks.family and fivebackpacks.family you can find us pretty easily I think awesome a- any last uh, comments before you guys uh, take off yes please um, I was surprised wonderfully surprised when somebody wrote to me early on with this blog to say that she was grateful for how it gave her the strength to do something that she had been thinking about for a long time. That's awesome. I had been wondering, you know, it seemed, th- these are all very big steps for us, very big challenges. And so it felt, it felt meaningful to us that we were doing this. Um, and I kind of wondered, well, does anyone else care? <laughs> like, why are we writing and sharing with this? Um, is it really, is it worth it? Um, I've, I really enjoy the, the process, but is anyone going to benefit from it? And, and she said, you know, we have been struggling. I'm, I'm a new mom, and it's been very hard to find a life and family balance. And by you writing this and saying that you're going to take such drastic steps to make a change, I realize that we can make a change, too. And so that was very helpful. I, and I hope, hope that that's, you know, a message we get to hear. Empowering. It's very empowering. How about you, Chris? Any last comments? I um, we're I'm obviously trip, and I'm excited with the kind of um, uh, feedback that that Holly's talking about. We're very excited. I also um, do just want to be really clear that I'm absolutely terrified, mm-hmm. and uh, and I want to make sure that that comes across. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> we are really going. You know, only, we, ha- we are homeless. <laughs> a few days away, you guys are hitting the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the listening audience, uh, you guys are going to come back on the podcast. Uh, we can't say halfway through your trip because we don't actually know when the trip's going to end. <laughs> nope, no one knows. But uh, you'll come back we'll, and we'll have a conversation on how it's going. And then when you guys do finally come back here to the DC metro area, for however long that might be. We'll have you back on to kind of debrief the trip, lessons learned, breakthroughs, breakdowns, insights, 
because I think, as Holly just said, it will be very empowering for people to hear um, about your trip. So we certainly hope so. Yeah. So we so. Yeah. Certainly hope so. Wish you best of luck. Thank you. Looking Thank forward to you. it. Thank you.